welcome to episode 28 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but just ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. And my name is Sarah Inman, and I'm one of your hosts here of the podcast. And what we've been doing over the past, oh, three months or so is talking about some of the amazing things happening in our communities, in our cities, and just some part of the organizations and people who are involved in that. And today, uh, we're very excited to welcome Josh Armstrong to the podcast. So Josh, thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me here. Awesome. And then joining us as well is Michael Karen. You guys have heard Michael on the podcast before. He's a producer here at One Life. and um, I guess that's my official title now. It's changed quite a bit. Maybe we just yeah. made it. Yeah, we just okay decided it right here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, part of worship team, but also just the overall production experience at all of our One Life campuses. So, um, and yeah, we're excited to just be able to have some conversation about what Josh does today yeah. and kind of how you're connected to um, downtown Evansville. And so I would ask if to, uh, first of all, for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your title sure. um, now. So I am the uh, president of the Downtown Evansville Economic Improvement District, and the let's call it the EID to make it shorter. Yeah. The EID is a relatively new organization. We were formed by city council in uh, November of 2017, so we've had one year of funding in place. And an improvement district in Indiana is formed when a majority of property owners raise their hand, and and they raise their hand by signing a petition and say... <laughs> I want to pay more in taxes, but I want special benefits for my properties and my neighbor's properties. And so during 2017, we went through a process where we went to about 305 property owners Mm. in the central part of downtown Evansville. This is really the the Main Street, Riverside Drive, medical campus to Fulton, Lloyd Expressway to the river sort of area. We went to those property owners and we said, here are the services we would like to provide. Here's roughly what they're going to cost. Um, are you in or not? And once we had a majority of property owners raise their hands, we went to city council and created the district. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so that's kind of the funding for what I do. Uh, we work in three fields or three areas. Uh, we are engaged in storytelling. So mm. that's branding, marketing, website, social media, uh, you may have seen our billboards around town, new logo, things like that. Yeah. Uh, part of that is business recruitment. So we work to attract new businesses and support existing businesses and also attract new developers and to bring some more projects into downtown. So we've got that piece. Uh, we call our next big chunk clean and safe. Okay. And clean and safe is exactly what it sounds like. So if you were uh, in downtown over the last week, you would have seen us putting in 1,000 yellow pansies and um, yeah, and a lot of tons, a lot of pansies, tons and tons and tons of mulch. Wow. Uh, so all the tree wells are all everything's freshened up for spring, um, if it ever gets here. And uh, so also with clean and safe, we do some other things. We do graffiti abatement. We do snow and ice removal. So oh really? Yeah, yeah. So in that only in that central business district, we go through and we clean the sidewalks so people can get around and get to work. Um, go to uh, to um, events, things like that. The first, the only really big snow we had this year was on a Saturday night. It came like Saturday around eight eight p.m. and we have five churches in our in our area. Uh-huh. So uh, I went out. It sort of stopped around eight on that Saturday. I went and I found the crew and I said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to clear the bars first. <laughs> then you're going to clear the churches for Sunday morning, and then go back and get the rest." <laughs> and so, you know, we the knew places pe- where people are going to be. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. So we so that's uh, another um, area of, that we work in the clean and safe. Um, in that, we also provide some funding and support 
to United Caring Services. So we, we know not everyone in downtown um, works at a major bank or lives in a luxury condominium. So mm-hmm. uh, we try to uh, um, provide some services over at the United Caring Services. We are the entity pretty much responsible for allowing them to be open between the night service or night um, uh, mission and the day part. So it used to be everyone had to leave the facility and now they're able to stay inside. So it uh, gives them access to uh, safe warm place and wow. facilities and things like that. So that's part of what we do. And then the other part is we're a quasi-governmental organization. Uh, so we have a lot of reporting we have to do. We have a, a staff, you know, so we have administrative things that we have to do with the, with our ratepayers' money. Wow. Okay. And so you said just a little over a year um, or yeah. so. And then how did that come about? Like what was that, um, yeah, how did that idea kind of start and what it, how did it turn into what it is now? Well, um, it, uh, in 2013, um, the chamber, Southwest Indiana Chamber, had a director who had moved here from Bloomington, and she's in our office, the chamber's office is in downtown, um, and she saw that this was an area that did not appear to have focus. Hmm. And we've had a lot of lucky wins in our downtown, but I don't want to say they're accidental, but they're not planned. Sure, you know, people put work into them, but there, there, there isn't a, uh, there wasn't at the time a plan. Uh, and she started assembling resources to hire someone who could come in and sort of do some old-fashioned, on-the-ground community or business development work uh, for Main Street and for other areas around downtown and. Um, I heard this was happening and I started to get involved and sort of guide a selection process and ended up with my selection. But uh, I, I, I knew it was the right place, the right fit for me and the, and the right place where I could bring um, a lot of my skills and passions into the community. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's kind of how we got started with the chamber. Uh, I also I knew this when I started there in 2014 when the funding was in place that, you know, I had about three years to figure this out, how to get long term sustainable funding, because our community has a history of forming downtown groups with no sustainable funding. And they last about three years mm-hmm. uh, because the you know, the banks, the utility company and a few other folks get tired of being the only people paying for it when they're not really seeing the benefit the way this, the smaller property owners and the smaller business owners do. Um, not to say that the bank does not receive benefit, you know, for the work I do, sure, sure. but um, <laughs> when we were in that older format, it was a little bit different. So I, I knew uh, going in there that, that my intention was the creation of an improvement district. Mm. Uh, at the time, uh, Evansville is one of the largest cities in the United States without one of these districts. Uh, really the largest being downtown Indianapolis. Oh, you wow. Know, yeah, they, they, they haven't figured it out yet. Indiana just doesn't put those together quickly. They don't, what? and uh, Manhattan has uh, like 70 of them. Yeah. San Francisco <laughs> has about 30 of them. Wow. Um, it's And even all throughout the state of Ohio, in cities that are not particularly well off, Akron, Toledo, Dayton, all these communities use the improvement district model. There's over 1,000 across the United States, about 1,500 in North America. Okay. Canada loves them. Um, the United Kingdom loves them. It's a tool where these these property owners or business owners, they're, they're, it's collected like a tax, but it is directly at their command how these dollars are spent. So it's 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 a real direct benefit back to those property owners. Sure. Hmm. So it, 
like you said, it kind of gives focus towards a specific part of town. And, and that's kind of what you're able to do. Correct. Focus and resources. And resources. Yeah. That's amazing. And um, I, we didn't get into this yet, but we I'm going to make sure we talk about this is why Evansville? Like, How did you end up in Evansville and why is this something that you're passionate about? Yeah, uh, I'm going to take a couple minutes here yeah, to, to talk it. about that. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Pasadena, California, and um, I grew up in a magical time in Southern California. Um, I was born in the early 60s and it was a great place where uh, I think I told Michael, you know, I was a, as a kid, I could take a city bus in, from Pasadena into downtown at Los Angeles, completely safe, mm-hmm. take a city bus with my brother and sister. And we would take a bus for an hour to go to the beach, like in the summer, like, you know, we, things that we can't do anymore. But right. It was just absolutely a magical place to, to grow up. It became not such a magical place to live as oh. it continued to grow and, and become denser and, and harder to live in. And um, I was working for a company there called the Cheesecake Factory, um, and I was a managing partner, and I had been with the Cheesecake Factories from the time uh, Location 18 opened to the time Location 101 opened. Wow. But the the um, I was sort of approaching a time when I knew I just could not do that any longer. It was pretty intense. Um, My partner uh, at the time was from here, and we were both, and this was in 2005 when we made the decision, you know, almost the peak of the real estate market there. Um, Stocks were doing great. I was entering a period. I had a short window when I could could, um, execute some options that I had with the Cheesecake Factory and exit, contractually exit, and my partner could exit the the work, um, a different situation. So sure. we were both able to like figure out a timeline and it was like, well, why not Evansville? Yeah. You know, so we came to Evansville. Um, I opened a restaurant called Firefly Southern Grill and uh, on the east side and I made a lot of friends with a lot of people in the community. Um, and so that that's kind of what I was doing. We um, loved that place when it was. It was. So I good. remember Firefly. Yeah, oh, man, it was yeah. So uh, now the the crazy thing that happened is, um, and why downtown is so important to me, is there was just this time when I also kind of got lost, like being a business person and you know running my own show and just you know even though you had people all around, it was incredibly solitary. And I really didn't handle that well. Mm-hmm. And um, so as, as I closed my first restaurant, I had a second one too. And as I was kind of coming to, to, to terms with like a different reality, both an economic reality and a social reality of, and, and, and sort of feeling this like the space that was like, not like, you know, all, all, all the great shoes in the world wouldn't fill the space. All mm-hmm. the great vacations in the world wouldn't fill the space. But there was something that could, and that's like, and I've spoken to Michael about this, the, the spiritual connection that I feel when I'm around other people. Mm-hmm. And I'll get a little spiritual here for a second, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> I say that sometimes. You gotta throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. from Pasadena, y'all. <laughs> You know, I, I have not been fortunate to have enough in my life to have God reach down and pick me up and move me to where I need to be. He has put people there that are have done that work for me. And um, and so I have realized hmm. that I am nothing without my fellows because they are my conduit to God. Sure. Yeah. And without 
it's hard to have contact with my fellows in a mall parking lot mm. or driving on an expressway. Well, you can have contact. It's just not probably a good yeah. kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and the places where I can have that contact are in urban environments where I can see the same hundred or 200 people a day. They may not know my name, but they recognize me and where I'm able to build relationships with, with lots of people in lots of ways, both great and, and small from baristas to, to, you know, really deep personal relationships. Sure. And, and so I feel that those things happen most in these kind of places where people are on their feet or, you know, and engaging more than they do in sprawling kinds of places. And so I made a decision that my work would be to set a backdrop for other people's healing the way that I had been healed by my fellows. Hmm. That is so cool. I mean, that, that that's a great reason. I'm glad that, that you share that for sure. Well, and then talking and I, about community in general. Oh my gosh. Like well, that's beautiful. And I think it, it cause at, at the time that we talked, what's, what's funny is it's funny that you mentioned that the forming of the economic and improvement district, because I think we met for coffee the first time it was that same week that you were waiting to like, are we, are these people going, I'm pretty sure it was that yeah, week yeah. that you were waiting. Like I, I, we just sent out this mailer to everybody and just said, Hey, we're going to do, do you, are you guys in for this? We need you to sign this petition if you are. And you were waiting. And so, and then the last time we met up for coffee was a couple months ago. I don't remember. And then we talked about, um, uh, Thomas Merton, the, uh, there's, there's no man is an island and then um, seeds of new seeds of contemplation. And he talks about, I think it's like chapter seven or chapter eight or whatever, about how kind of, kind of like what you were talking about is we look for God in all these grand places and in these spiritual experiences mm. when we were made in the image of God. So it only stands to reason that our interactions with other people, whether or not they know it or not, whether or not we realize it, realize it or not, that is our way to God. He's given us that in other people sure. that the, the closest thing that we have to an interaction with God is through other people. And so I think it's cool that you mentioned that as just sort of part of your journey, especially here in Evansville, um, not being here, not being originally from Evansville and having, you know, some experiences and, you know, some restaurants and all of that stuff to be able to get back to like, you know what, I've experienced God through community, through people. Um, it's just a really profound thing. And you can't like, I don't, you, you can't make that stuff up. I feel yeah, like it's just. Yeah, 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 you can't. And again, you know, maybe it's happened. Maybe a hand has come down and moved someone or stopped an airplane from falling. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't happened to me. Yeah. But there's been a person there when I needed a person there. Yeah. That I wasn't expecting to be there. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's, I, I feel I'm repaying yeah. that to the place that gave it to me when I most needed it. Yeah. That's great. So creating spaces for more of that to happen for more people. Correct. Yeah. Um, and, and so for so, how long have you been in Evansville then? Uh, since 2005, so okay. about 14 years this summer. Okay. And so that's probably a good timeline to kind of say from when you've been here, from kind of where it is now, downtown. Yeah. How have you seen it change? Well, and the downtown changes have been spectacular. Yeah. So. Um, you know, the improvement district, well, how does the improvement district relate right. to my relationship with God? Well, it, it does because it's, <laughs> it's setting up a, a, a way to make the community safer, cleaner, nicer, and more attractive to put more people in. Um, how does it benefit our property owners through increased property valuation and increased safety, increased pleasure if you live there? So, you know, I, I think that that what I do is both, you know, 
sacred and yeah. quotidian. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it, it gets both, but, um, you know, when I first moved here, I, I really, if I was going downtown, it was, I, I don't want to say I, I felt unsafe cause that really wasn't it. I just felt like, why am I downtown? Yeah. It, it, there just really was not a lot going on. And, um, and I'm a big believer that downtowns are very incremental. Anyone who says they've got a cure or fix or something that's going to change downtown, it isn't true. <laughs> you know, it is, it's a big amount of space with a lot of people in it. It takes a long time and a lot of, of layers of things to change um, the community. So I've seen that. I've, I've seen that happen. I think really the first piece of that was when um, the condominiums that went in at 508 Main Street and the Renaissance <laughs> condominiums reintroduced middle-class residents to downtown Evansville. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. probably the first piece <laughs> where something different was happening. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, the, there was a loft program that, that kind of brought in total about 80 homes. And that was a nice start um, through that, maybe 90 homes. The, the Ford Center, incredibly important to downtown Evansville. Yeah. You know, 475,000 visitors a year to that mm. building. Wow. And so, you know, that's just a lot of people that are getting a, getting a, you know, dinner before or grabbing a beer after right. or whatever it may be that they're doing that are putting pressure on um, the market to respond by, by more restaurants and more space. Right. Yeah, it's not just about having an event downtown. Yeah. It's about the the side effects from having a space downtown, something significant, a big landmark down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and now we've seen the medical school. Yeah. Uh, that's it's beautiful. It's, it really, it's just like that whole area right there has changed so much. It's beautiful. They did yeah. a great job. Yeah. Uh, building two is underway over there. Uh, you can hear downtown grow. So they yeah. they were doing pilings today. I could hear it in my office. So, <laughs> uh, the post house is out of the ground. And so that'll bring 144 top of the market units and about wow. 10,000 square feet of retail space, um, right around Brew Burger. Um, so just I, you know, I, th I think you know part of it is we had a, a series of mayors and and business leaders who it was important for them and is important for them, you know, starting with Jonathan Weinzapple, continuing with Mayor uh, Winicky. The leadership at Vectra and the leadership at Old National, the leadership at German American companies that didn't have to be there that made major mm -hmm. investments in the community and in, in, in that central business district, super important. But the other thing is that people got used to and comfortable coming there. And so, you know, parlor donuts is yeah. super important. Mm -hmm. Comfort. Comfort demonstrated that a restaurant open on Sundays could be busy. Nobody thought mm -hmm. it. You know, so comfort and brew. That's a good point. Are right. Yeah, and I so, just don't think about those things, but that that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, encounter church moving yeah. there. Mm -hmm. First, I thought, oh, that's going to be kind of weird. It's like, no, it's perfect. Yeah. You know, they fill a day part. They fill a. They, Absolutely. They, they put people into into the community in the time when there normally wouldn't be people. Mm -hmm. So you know, in 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 that particular part of downtown, because there was no churches there, so. It's it's this incremental layering of of a million things ranging from, you know, being able mm -hmm. to get, you know, uh, a, a, I don't know, a real special latte you like to someone being able to get a medical degree <laughs> to someone being able to buy an apartment to someone just going for a walk on the riverfront. Like 
all those things happening at once all together is the magic of an urban space. Yeah, I was um, I was downtown over the weekend, actually, and I, um, I I love people watching in general. It's one of my favorite things to do. And then my mom and I were having uh, lunch um, downtown at Zuki, and uh, there was a, a, a family there, and I could tell it was probably the first time um, this college, he seemed like he was a college student, he was talking about college, and I was kind of overhearing a few conversations that his parents had been in downtown Evansville and he's talking about all the things that, oh yeah, you can go do this while we're here or we'll go do this and we'll go do that. And I was thinking it just flashback to when I moved here in 2002 and going downtown, like I'm sure there were things to do and and some, but it's just so different. Like you don't bring people downtown first and now that's probably the first place you want to bring people. Um, and it's a beautiful reality to see that change over the past, you know, 15 or so years. So it's been great. Um, yeah. So I guess the, we'll continue on asking some questions. So what, what do you wish everyone uh, in Evansville knew about our city? You know, I wish everyone knew that we um, are just filled with good intentions, even when somebody doesn't think like you. That I, I mean, that's something I, that I think is important. Yeah. You know, um, look, I, and I frame a lot of my discussions around downtown. So I was talking about with someone about a building that had been torn down, and they were like, "Oh, you know, so sad that this building was torn down." First of all, it was torn down in like 1959. You know, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but, but more importantly, the entity that tore it down had nothing but the best intentions mm-hmm. when they were doing that. It was, you know, we have been we we think that we need to have, you know, this space for our business, and it's it's actually it's what created the parking lot at Zuki's. <laughs> you know, th- th- they had good intentions. So I think that it's important that people know, even when people are different or disagree. You know. Uh, I honestly, honestly believe everyone's here and just trying to, to do the best they can. Yeah. And, and probably at the end of the day, if everyone, you know, penciled out a vision, it'd probably be pretty similar uh, uh, all the way across the board, yeah. you know, that people are happy and living safe lives and productive lives and, uh, and, and, and quality lives. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's something I'd like people to know. I, th- I think we also, um, you had a great question on there. She sent me the questions before. <laughs> you, mean, you, you asked about this like secret space or yeah, something. Yeah. What would you say the city's best kept secret right now? It's coming really soon. When is this broadcasting? By uh, the way? This will be on um, Wednesday, which that date uh, today's the 25th when we're recording. So 26, 27. 27th. Okay. Yeah. So it's, that's almost about the time for it. Maybe a week or two after that, it'll, it'll start to be peak. There's a street called Roosevelt and it runs, uh, from Lincoln to Walnut, and it's one block east of Bakey. And this is a street where all the homeowners plant azaleas in the fronts of their homes and have been doing it for decades. <laughs> but the first house, when you come in off of Lincoln, there's a gate and there's a little sign. And if it says the garden is open, you can go into this family's backyard. And it is like walking through the most magical field or maze or forest of azalea some of these are eight ten twelve feet high oh my goodness completely covered in bloom and i've seen people there take books and sit on the on the back lawn of this family's home that this family opens to the community um for a few weeks every every spring when the azaleas are in bloom Oh my goodness! Uh, it, that's, yeah, that's my neighborhood that's where we, li- we live in that area and so I, i've never we've lived there for 10 years i never knew that 
It's the best kept secret. Awesome. And and yeah, you heard it here on the podcast. (laughs) That's awesome. And it sounds like something, you know, I I, I travel to New York frequently and, you know, have multiple places like that, spaces like that where, you know, is it open? Is it not open? Can you go in and you sit and hang out and you're looking for a quiet place and that exists right here in our city. It does. And and it's, you know, what, what, just what a gift for someone you know, we have this and we want to share it. I'm sure some days they probably yeah. are like, oh, I really don't want to put the sign out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I do. have two questions for you, if I can. I don't know if I'm allowed you to. Go ahead. Since Brett's not here, maybe yeah. I can sort of, I would maintain. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, so two questions. If you had, if you were to give coaching to anybody or some advice to anybody, because you're not from here, you spent a good part of your life not living here. Um, but if you were to give coaching to anybody that just moved <clears> here, and you would even mention to some of the like, although they may think differently than you do, um, there is sort of this Midwestern or even this Southern, people make fun of Evan, like, well, it's just Evansville, like, or that's good enough for Evansville. Yeah. There's this sort of this mentality that, um, uh, that people, that people, that, so honestly, we, we, we can get mocked for in Evansville just because of whatever. Is is there any sort of coaching or advice that you would give to somebody that was moving, that was a transplant to Evansville, that was new to the Evansville area? And um, there was a little bit like you came from Pasadena and like there's some culture shock there uh, and you're an established individual and you are kind of you've got your stuff together and you've had a lot of life experience. And then you have this massive shift to the Midwest. Uh, what kind of coaching or advice would you give to somebody that is newer to the Evansville area um, on uh, that adjustment, on on what that life adjustment is like? Does that question make yeah, sense? Yeah, that does. That's that's a good question, Michael. I, I think, and there are a couple parts in there. First, um, when I catch myself mm-hmm. thinking that something's good enough for Evansville or good enough for us or good enough for me, it probably isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm justifying it in that, and that that's the only reason to do something. And that came up a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, here's a, a best kept secret. Uh, <laughs> I have formed a development corporation called the Downtown Evansville Community Development Corporation. And we are um, in the process of um, establishing site control to build some buildings in downtown. And one of our board members, excuse me, one of our funders, um, we we're working on our strategic plan, not a, actually more than that, like our marching orders for a couple of years, like give us exact orders what to do. And, and he was reviewing these um, responses and he said, Oh, you know, I caught myself saying this is good enough for Evansville, picking up one of the less expensive um, responses. And, and I, I had done the same thing and it's like, no, that's, that's not good enough. Mm. You know, that, that isn't, um, you know, if our population doesn't grow one bit, we still deserve to have the best community that we can possibly have yeah. here. We yeah. deserve to have beautiful parks. We we deserve to have schools that uh, that that um, do a great job and that are safe and clean. We deserve quality opportunities for people in terms of work because that I think talk about God. I mean that's yeah. like a real God thing. Is like how do you you know do the work that's put in front of you and yeah. like the work that's put in front of you is not good work right and you're paid in a way that doesn't let you live yeah that's a pretty bad message right. yeah yeah um, but but i i think you know if if you're if you're sitting there saying it's good enough it isn't it isn't good enough i think the other thing is you know when i got here it was right at the end of um phone books and i used to be able to pick up the phone book and call people so someone would say you need to meet so and so and i would pick up the phone book 
and find their name and number and call them. And, you know, I, I can't do that anymore, but I can through social media and through really being intentional and asking for, um, you know, people to make introductions, I can kind of put people together um, or I can find a way to get to talk to the person that I need to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, if you're here and you're you're thinking, you know, we're... Gosh, get out there and make a change. You know, if it's not right for you, mm. just figure out how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Raise your hand and ask for help. That's the first yeah. part of any like big yeah. project is like, I don't know how yeah. to do this, but I want to. Yeah. You know, who knows how to do this? I think it's interesting. I had never thought about, you said, because I remember growing up, I remember our phone number was in the phone book. Sure. 812-838-3699. That's what our phone number was growing Somebody up. Somebody going to call and that now, no, Michael. Well, someone's going to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I remember I was, the, I was on the phone with a friend that was looking at, we were looking at the phone. You know how your number used to spell out? Like right. It's, what is our, it spell? It was Foxy, 838-Foxy. And I was like, <laughs> yes. And of course, this was this weird, backward, awkward kid that liked to sing in musicals and ran Bible studies and stuff. So <laughs> Foxy was really that, that, provocative that, that, Yeah, like, really crazy. Getting crazy. In Posey County. So yeah, right. and you see where I am yeah. now. Um, but... Uh, there's almost like this with, with the rise of cell phones, there's almost like this privatization of, of like, so social media really is that connect. So I hadn't really thought about that. So if somebody newer, like your connection to that stuff is downtown, it is a community right. of people. It is social media, finding that in somewhere because very easily you end up getting very, um, introverted just by, by the simple, by virtue of the fact that you're new to the area and you don't have a way to, so there's got to be, uh, there have to be on ramps to, yeah. to meet new people. You have to do the, a piece of that work yourself too. Yes. And uh, I, uh, I, speaking of social media, I saw something I posted a couple of years ago, but you know, there's, there's all these circles that we get stuck in, in, in all kinds of ways in our life. And one is, you know, the person who treats, um, loneliness with isolation, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a really easy thing to get into. It's, Mm -hmm. and then that isolation grows like a fur on you, you know, and then it's, then it's your protection, but all it is also is a rot. Yeah. 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 So get out there, you know, and, and, and try to find those people or ask, you know, really ask for help, ask, you know, try to get involved somewhere yeah. Try to find a community somehow. Yeah. And if, you know, if a church is the right place for you, then, you know, find a church you're comfortable going to. If if it's something different, find, you know, be the person that walks at 4 p.m. every day on the same yeah. block. Create habits. Um, that's something else I learned here in Evansville is, you know, the power of repetition in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. You know, the power of 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 practice mm-hmm. and how important that is. And I wasn't a student athlete. I didn't learn that. I wasn't a student musician. I didn't learn that. And, um, I have learned now, you know, whether it's, I want this outcome in my community. I want this physical outcome for myself. I want to deepen my relationship with God. I want to do all these things. All of them have a practice behind them, whether that's, you know, making three calls a day to people I don't know, mm-hmm. eating the right food and trying to exercise, right. setting aside five minutes in the morning for a very highly intentional prayer. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I kind of, I kind of, it was a successful guy that just, I guess, kind of lucked out. I just didn't know those things. Yeah, yeah. And wow, you know, if you're, if, if you're in Evansville, that's another thing. It's like, try to figure out what those are, make mm-hmm. them public, let yeah. people see it. Yeah. And then let people hold you accountable for those yeah. behaviors too. One of the things we've been talking about uh, on the podcast and through our series, we just kind of wrapped up was there are so many great organizations doing things. And so often we feel like we have to start them. And sometimes we are the ones that start them. Sometimes yeah. that's what is needed for sure. But also there's organizations that you can partner with, you know, that are already in Evansville and Henderson and, you know, surrounding communities that are doing great things. Um, but even taking, you know, like the phone book idea or social media or just searching through the internet, what are those? Like, what are those things that I'm passionate about? And, and how can I connect with someone who's kind of already established on some of those things? And, um, yeah, I think that's like, it's cool to see the both sides, you know, starting something, making it happen, but also partnering with some people that are some people that are already doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of people that have come up to us because we were in it at Josh, uh, uh, Worship Center of the church downtown, uh, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, so we've been in a series called uh, Build, and it's changing the story of your city. We have this value statement that says we don't just want to build great churches. We want to build a great city, uh, build, build great cities both locally and globally. So we've got our two campuses here in Evansville. We've got one right across the river in Henderson. So a lot of this stuff applies absolutely directly to what's happening in Henderson, happenings to happens, uh, uh, um, affects what's happening in, in, in Myanmar and, uh, and in central Asia where we're doing work in the Balkans. But, um, I, I, we've had a lot of people over the last couple of weeks that have just been really energized and excited by this series and have, have, have come up and just said, well, I feel like I, I've got this passion uh, for, for something and I just don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody that is that came to you and said, I know your context is primarily downtown, yeah. um, but if you had somebody that came to you and said, I've got this passion for the, like, I, I, I've got this stirring in me. I want to do something for a one life person, for a one lifer. We can sound like a cult by saying one lifer, but I'll say it anyway. Um, for a one lifer, it's just, that's in, that's in our DNA. That's who we are. It's just sort of like, yeah, well that's, that's, that's not just the church. That's not a church program. That is you being a part of your city. So if you had somebody that came to you and said, Hey, I want to start this. I want to be a part of doing this. I'm really, really excited. And this is in, in the downtown context, what would be the, the f- first step for them, like a practical first step, like I want to start something, I want to do this, what would you say? And I know not knowing exactly. Yeah. I'm what like, they're doing. oh, well, what are they trying to do? Uh, <laughs> yeah. If they wanted to start a business or if they wanted to start a nonprofit or yeah. if they wanted to start some sort of initiative, what would be the first step? So the first step is someone wants to start a business in uh, the nine counties in Southwest Indiana is to go to the Indiana Small Business Development Center. And uh, Kim Howard and her team there do an amazing job providing free services funded by the Small Business Administration. 99% of what they do there is free. So if you are out there and you think you want to start a business, register, go to, I think you just go to isbdc.org or just Google Indiana Small Business Development Center from data, demographics, psychographics of your consumer free business plans to getting you set up for capital searches um even some simple questions they can they they have an accountant on staff they have a marketing person on staff and they have a a banker a a semi-retired commercial lender on Mm. staff plus all the complete access to the small business administration um with everything that they're able to do so I, i always if you want to do a business go there, talk to them, and they're going to help you really understand, is this a business that is um, is is viable? 
Hmm. Not not every business is viable. Yeah. If you want to start a small profit, I think the first step is to really look and see, is there someone out there doing something similar to where you could be involved in that? Um, it's imp- There are only so many donors. Hmm. And I, I don't think that we um, have yet seen the full giving consequences of the 2017 Tax Act. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you hear that people are getting less back, I think they're realizing that, you know, all the contributions, and, and except, you know, for certain really high income people is not going to really make a difference on their taxes anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I should always be giving for love or whatever it may yeah. be. But, but it does affect. But yeah. it does affect yeah. uh, that. So I think we have to be cognizant of of that resource stream. Um, I'd suggest that somebody really looks and sees what it, what it is, you know, that they can, that they want to do and how they can get involved with someone that may already be doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, my introduction to volunteerism in Evansville was pulling weeds (laughs) and getting involved in like cleaning up the parks in, in my community and, um, caring. I used to, and I still do sometimes walk to work. Um, and if I do, I sometimes grab like a garbage, not a garbage mm-hmm. bag, but I'm like a horrible person because I don't always take my bags to the grocery store, <laughs> you know, but I try to fill it with things on the way sure. back. Like yeah. there's so many little things we can do too. Um, but I think the, the, the nonprofit question is really make sure that that hasn't been, that you're not duplicating an effort. Right. And if you are, that doesn't mean that your idea isn't great. Right. It means maybe, you know, maybe they haven't thought of this last little piece of it. Yeah. So the idea there is to just find some commonality with some people that are already for unity sake, if not for, for nothing else, like to be on the same page. Um, to, to, but to, so you can also, so you can kind of put some things in your tool belt too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and at least very, at the very least learn from someone else exactly. that's doing it Yeah. and understand yeah, is it, um, you know, is that really what you want to do? Maybe what you right. want to do is like 30 degrees off from that. Yeah. But for a year, it might be a great way to learn what they're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's cool. terrific. And we're actually, we're a little bit over on time, but it's always wow. fun to, yeah, it's fun to get in these conversations. I mean, it's fascinating. I love hearing, you know, just your passion for what you're doing, but also um, the way it seems very um, ease of access for anyone to be able to jump into some of these things, you know, that are already happening, that are, that are going on, that just being a part of and showing up to them. Um, I, we talked the, about this with, um, uh, Ross Chapman a few weeks ago, like so often we'll talk about all these great things that are going on in the city, but we don't actually take part in them. So yeah. like there's a, there's a two sides of that, you know, we can talk about them, but also being a part of what, what's going on, showing up at a parlor donuts or showing up, you know, at some of these places that are, are renewing. We want to make sure they're successful as well. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hey, it it was great. And uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, Guys, we will uh, see you again next week and hopefully Brett will be back with us again. We've missed him the past three weeks, but thank you, Michael, again, for joining us as well. And um, yeah, it's always fun to have conversations with people um, just learning more about what's, what's great in our city. So yeah. And I think it's cool to have somebody from outside of one life to bring some, always bring some perspective. It's just really cool. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you guys again. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe. That way you'll get an alert anytime there's a new episode. If there was something that you heard that you really want other people to know, share it out on social media. You can use the hashtag OLPodcast. 
To ask us a question here at the podcast, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I produced this episode. Our music is produced by Micah Robertson and Ben Brock.